this one. Roar! I was at the Renaissance Festival yesterday, so if uh, I start speaking in a Scottish brogue or say strange words like huzzah, it's because I... That's where I was yesterday. And they speak a different language there. Um, grab a Bible, turn on a Bible, open up to First Peter chapter 4, please. Sorry, First Peter chapter 2. Chapter 2, verse 4. I'm going to start getting my props set up. I think it's the cord. Can we switch to Bob's mic? All right, First Peter 2, 4 through, let's go 4 through 7. As you come to him, him is Jesus here, okay? As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves like living stones are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe as well. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. I once preached four sermons in a row on that passage. We're just going to do two. Uh, just one. I'm just kidding. Uh, we're going to do one, and that's this. Jesus is our cornerstone. It says that here a couple times. It's quoting the Old Testament. Jesus is our cornerstone. So what does it mean that Jesus is our cornerstone? Again, there were four sermons there. But one of the things it means is this. What is, what is a cornerstone in a building, ancient building? Anybody remember? See that in a Bible study, in a Bible study before? Yeah, like the foundation stone. It's often one of the first stone that's laid. It's a big, giant, heavy rock. And that rock carries most of the weight of the building, most of the stress of the structure of the building. Does that make sense? And so, you know, ancient buildings, we're talking heavy stone walls and that sort of thing. You needed one stone or one area that could hold up most of that stress so the building doesn't collapse um, and that sort of thing. And some of those buildings were built so well that they're still around. Oftentimes, a lot of the Roman buildings are still around. Sarah and I had the privilege of going to Rome and going to a lot of those old cities, and a lot of those buildings are still there. It's crazy. Um, I can't imagine any of the buildings I've ever lived in being around 2,000 years from now. Uh, so the cornerstone is the stone that bore most of the weight of the structure, most of the stress of the building. Now, stress is an engineering term. Anybody ever study engineering or enough physics to get a little bit of that? Yay. Okay, so... Stress is an engineering term, and it means this. I looked it up so that I wouldn't have to paraphrase. Stress, a load, a force, or a system of forces producing a strain or causing deformation. Okay, so stress is a load, a weight, or a force or a system of forces, a whole bunch of forces, that produces a strain on a structure or causes deformation somehow of the structure itself. That's what the word stress means. And colloquially, we have come to use that exact term in everyday life, stress. We all have stress in our everyday life. We no longer mean it in the engineering sense, but the definition is exactly the same. 
It means that we have some sort of weight on our life, a load, a force, something pushing in on us or a bunch of things pushing in on us that produces a strain on us or causes some sort of deformation within us. That's what stress is, right? That's what stress does. And who is Jesus? Our cornerstone. Our cornerstone bears the stress of the structure. That's what it's for. And so one of the purposes of Jesus being our cornerstone is that he intends to bear our stress. He intends to carry the stress of your life. The forces, the loads, the weights, the pressures, all that stuff that happens in your life, Jesus expects you to let him carry the stress of that, the weight of that. Now, we know that's true because Jesus said it many, many times. This is all throughout Scripture, right? Philippians 4, cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you, right? Matthew 14, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for I'm gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Matthew 6, remember that chapter, the famous one, Matthew 6? Don't worry. Don't worry about anything. Read Matthew 6, and at the end of it, ask yourself, what are the things we're allowed to worry about? The list is short, like nothing. Okay? Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about anything. If I even know which bird just fell to the ground and died, I certainly know what's going on in your life. And I'm going to take care of you. You can trust in me. You don't have to worry. In fact, not only do you not have to worry, I don't want you to. Don't. Just don't do that. Don't worry. Jesus wants to carry the stress of our life. He wants to carry the worry, the fear, the anxiety, and all that kind of stuff. Now, we can't stop those things from happening in our lives. We can't stop the situations from coming. You can't stop the bills from coming. You can't stop road construction from keeping you to get where you're supposed to be in the morning. You can't stop people at the Renaissance Festival from saying things in your children's presence that are very, very pagan and that you don't like and have to pray about afterwards, okay? There are certain things you can't stop in life. You could not go to the Renfest, I suppose, but that's a different thing. Um, That's not an option. So there are certain, certain things in life you can't stop. Sometimes you can't stop it when a loved one gets sick, okay? A massive bill comes that you weren't expecting, whatever it is. We can't stop that stuff from happening. But what we can stop is negatively reacting to those things by accepting the stress and the pressure that all those things bring to our lives. Because it's actually a choice for us to get stressed out. Paul has preached on taking offense, or rather on not taking offense, right? When someone says something to you that's offensive, it's your choice whether or not you pick up that offense or not. That's your choice. You don't passively get offended. You actively choose to be offended, right? Paul's preached on that a number of times. This is exactly the same thing. You choose to accept the stress of a situation, the fear of a situation, the anxiety of a situation. It might naturally bear all those things, but it's your choice on whether or not you're going to receive that or whether or not you're going to say, no, I'm not. Now, here's the proof. John 14, 27. This one you should look up, please. John 14, 27. Not only does Jesus want to carry our stress and take all this negative stuff from us, but he wants to give us something positive in its place. So not only do we get the absence of the negative, which is awesome in and of itself, but he wants to give us something amazing in its place, and that is called peace. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus offers us peace in place of fear, worry, stress, anxiety. And how do we do that? Well, he tells us right here. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. That's how you do it. 
let not your heart be troubled. Don't let it. Just don't let your heart be troubled. Now, if it was not possible for that to happen, he wouldn't say it. In other words, if a situation could automatically force your heart to be troubled, then this would be a really mean thing for Jesus to say. Don't let your heart be troubled, even though you can't help it. Sorry! No, we can help it. We can say, no, I'm not going to let my heart be troubled by that situation. And Jesus says, don't. Don't accept the stress. Don't accept the fear, the anxiety, the worry. Whatever negativity is there in this situation that's come your way, say no to that. And we can do it. It is a choice. And Jesus says, make the right choice, as parents often say to their children. Now, here's the situation. You can come with me and make the right choice, or you can make the wrong choice, and then we have to leave, or you have to be disciplined or whatever. Okay, Jesus is saying, make the right choice. If you make the right choice, you say no to the stress, and you receive my peace. If you make the wrong choice, you accept that gross stuff into your life, and that's bad for you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Just don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. That is very simple. It is not very easy. And you know the difference. It's simple in the sense that it's not complicated. It's difficult in the sense that sometimes that's really hard. Not being, deciding not to take the stress of road construction, that might not be that hard. Deciding not to take the stress of a loved one just getting a major diagnosis from a doctor that is really bad, that is hard, Right? It's difficult not to accept worry in that kind of a situation. So sometimes this isn't easy, but no matter what the situation is, Jesus says, your response is don't let your heart be troubled. Don't accept that stress, that worry, that anxiety. So I don't mean to belittle the the situations we have in our life that are sometimes really honestly bad and difficult. And Bob and Paul both set that up well this morning. Sometimes we go through things that are just genuinely terrible. But even in that situation, we can live in peace instead of stress and worry. Because the, uh, the power of the peace that Jesus gives us is that strong. All right, I got props. Cool. Not I give props. My props I give to you. Say if Nate. That's a bucket. It says heart on it. It's because this represents your heart. Okay? It's, it's a little tattered. It's a pretzel jar from Costco, I think. It's kind of beat up. Sort of like your heart, maybe, sometimes. Don't, t- don't read into that too much. Okay. Um, so, here's your heart. It's, it's empty at the moment. Now, life comes your way with all these different situations. Right? These situations that are sometimes inherently difficult. Like, let's say, your car breaks down. Who hasn't had that happen? You guys. You two. That's it. Okay. Everybody else, we've had our car break down. Now, what if the, you bring it into the mechanic and you're like, I, I'm pretty sure this is what it is. It's going to be 150 bucks. That's too bad, but it's going to be okay. And he comes back and says, actually, it's this. It's going to be 950 bucks. <sighs> Here's the stress from that situation. Most of us are used to automatically saying, okay, that sucks. And just tossing it right into our heart. We just automatically accept the stress that that situation brings. Most of the time, we have that bad habit of automatically saying yes whenever a bad situation comes. We let it hit us. We just put it right in. We don't even bother saying no. That's what a bad habit is. We don't even really think about it. We just automatically do it. That that is stressful. Therefore, it stresses me out. And there it goes, right in our heart. There's a bunch of stuff in our house that needs to be fixed. And, yeah, it doesn't happen. So that goes right in. 
this this is a timer. This represents all the time that I don't have to do all the things that I want to do or I'm supposed to do. And that that's going to always stress me out, right? This is a this is a bill that was for way too much money. Um, this we we took Annabella to the uh, children's hospital. Uh, for some tests, and I knew it was going to be, you know, a couple hundred bucks. It was like over twelve hundred dollars. It's like, uh, yup. Kids, I, I don't need to say anymore. If you've ever had kids, that automatically, right in there. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> the bucket is now exploding, right? Um, yeah, that that's a whole other category. Uh, the the fact that I don't get enough sleep, I need a five hour energy shot um, all the time. This golf ball represents the the fun that I want to have that I don't get to. Um, and let's see, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab my wallet because how many people know that if you let it, finances can really stress you out. It can really worry you, right? Anybody else allow finance to worry them? And so here comes finances. You do your budget. And it's the, the color at the bottom of the screen is red, and that's not good. And then you're like, I must have done this wrong. You do it again, and the red number gets bigger. And then you're like, what is going on? Now, you can say, I am not going to worry about that because Jesus said not to in Matthew 6. Jesus said not to in First Peter. Jesus said not to in Philippians. Jesus said not to in Matthew 14. And Jesus said not to in John 14 that we just read. But I'm going to be stressed out about it anyway. Okay, so I got a bunch of other stuff in here. I'm just going to shove it all in. Here's a note, a note from the the significant person in your life who you really liked and they didn't like you back and they checked no (laughs) (laughs) on the box you sent them. Um, Here's an item that I don't know what it is and the unknown can be stressful. I think that's probably what it is. Okay, so, so here's your heart. And it is full of what? Stress, worry, anxiety, fear, negative crap that we don't want. It is full to overflowing. And a stinky sock, because guess what laundry does when you don't do it? And guess what laundry does when your dryer is broken because the knob broke off, and then you had to turn it all the time with the needle-nose pliers until that wore so thin that now it doesn't even turn anymore. True story. Um, (laughs) So pretty soon the laundry's as high as the double sinks in your laundry room. And your heart is overflowing with stress. Now, this was funny, but this is not fun. And I, we've all been here. I know we have. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. We've all been to the place where we are overflowing with stress, with worry, with anxiety, with fear. Can you agree with me that this is not the will of God for your life? Right? This is not the will of God for our life. This is not fun. This is not good. This is not what we want. Okay, so here's our heart. Jesus, however, offers us peace, right? Peace sounds better than this. Here's peace. This is a peace blanket. Some cultures have a peace pipe. I prefer the peace blanket. Um, I don't know. It's super soft. Feel it. Oh, it's like a blanket. Well, it's like a camp camping blanket. It's like. It's super nice. So. I think peace is a lot like a blanket. This isn't just a random illustration. <laughs> he just took stuff he found in his garage this morning. Um, that's actually true. But um, this, this actually does represent peace to me because peace is like a warm, snuggly blanket. If you've experienced the peace of Christ before, and I think most of you in this, in this room, in this yard have, experienced the peace of Christ before. It feels good, doesn't it? It's like a warm, comfortable, snuggly blanket. It's way better than this bucket of junk. 
And so here's the peace of Christ. Here's us. Now, most of us are, you know, fairly mature or maturing, at least Christians. And so when we find ourselves in this condition, we say, okay, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. I am full of stress. This, this, is, this has gone way too far. I'm full of it. I'm, you know, full of stress. <laughs> Maybe full of it too. But um, I need your help. You promised me peace, Jesus. Verse, verse, verse. You promised me peace. Where is it? Where is my peace? And Jesus says, I gave it to you already. It's right here. My peace is right here. I already gave it to you. And we say, okay, fine, whatever theology, blah. But like, I don't have it in my heart. Why not? I don't have your peace because I'm all full of stress. And Jesus says, ah, you don't have my peace because you're all full of stress. That's exactly right. See, we expect this to somehow magically displace these things, but it doesn't work that way because these things are here by our free will. We chose to put these things in our heart. God respects our free will, and by and large, he will not simply blast this stuff away. Does that make sense? We chose to put these things in here. Now, we may not have even thought of it as a choice, but we said, I'm going to take the stress of all this. We put it in here. There's only one person that can get them out, and that's us. We have to get it out. And that's why in Philippians 4, it says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Jesus is our cornerstone. He wants to carry our stress. He wants to carry our worry. He wants to take all this stuff away. But we have to cast it on him. We have to chuck it his way. We have to give it up. We have to empty ourselves out. Because right now, there's no room for any of this peace to get in there. Okay? So we have to... Humble ourselves before the Lord. Humility is a big part of this. We have to say, okay, God, I'm sorry. I said yes to all this stuff. I'm full of stress. I'm full of worry. I'm full of fear. And we have to pray and we have to dump this out before the Lord. And that might not be a two-minute prayer at the end of the worship service. It might take a couple days, okay, to really come before the Lord and to really honestly empty out our heart. I find it helpful to, to, to talk about each of the things that is in my heart that is stressful. And to give each one of those to God. We're not going to take the time to do that now. We're just going to cast all our anxieties on him. And we're just going to dump it out on Jesus. And that feels way better, right? We've all probably done that. You, you, you cast everything on Jesus. And he's willing to take it. Which, pause, how awesome is that? Jesus not only says, you can live with me forever in heaven. But he says, your life on earth can be awesome. And I can take all your stress. I can take all your worry. I can take all your fears. You don't have to carry any of those things, ever. You never have to be stressed out in your life. Not only is that awesome, but he's willing to also give us peace. And so we give our stress to Jesus, and then he shoves some of this peace blanket in our heart. And now our heart is nice and snugly in there, right? And that's way more fun. It's way more fun to have a heart all snugly and warm than it is to have a heart full of junk. And what's cool is if we keep asking, he'll keep filling us with more peace. He really will. And he'll keep filling us with more and more. Because I want a lot of peace. I want to get as much peace in my heart as I possibly can. I want to just cram this thing totally full of peace until it's just going to like explode all over everybody else. That, that is what we're supposed to live like. I think. I propose to you. I submit before the court that this be our life, according to Jesus, according to the New Testament, that we are so full of the peace of Christ 
that we're just about ready to burst and that we don't let anything else in here <laughs> other than this. Colossians says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. That means your emotions aren't supposed to rule your heart. Logic's not supposed to rule your heart. Other people aren't supposed to rule your heart. Your situations aren't supposed to rule your heart. Your own desires aren't supposed to rule your heart. The peace of Christ is supposed to rule your heart. And that can't happen unless the peace of Christ is in your heart. Amen? This is supposed to rule your heart. We're supposed to be filled up with peace and not all this junk. <coughs> Excuse me. So the first thing we need to learn how to do is to dump out our stuff before the Lord and let him fill us with this peace and receive that. And we're going to pray at the end um, to do that. And the second thing we need to do is, guess what? These things don't stop happening after we've prayed this prayer, <laughs> right? They still come back. Guess what? You still owe money, okay? And so am I going to let this now displace a bunch of my peace by sticking this back in here? Hopefully not. Hopefully, in fact, oh, I got to redo this. Hopefully, I will say no. Actually, this time, with the help of God, I am going to say no to this. And I'm saying no. I'm not going to be stressed by this. And so the bill comes. The paycheck comes, and it's a wee bit light. Okay? And we say, okay, God, here's the situation. I'm giving this to you. I am not going to even take the stress of this situation. Because you said in John 14, let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. So I am not going to let that situation trouble my heart. I don't like the situation. It's putting some pressure on me, but I am not going to let my heart be troubled by it. I am going to live in your peace instead. And so that's the second thing that we can learn how to do, is to say no. Each time these stresses come, to say no, to say no, to say no. And until a couple of years ago, I was pretty good at dumping myself out and getting filled up with peace. But the problem is, it would just get filled right back up again with stress. I'd get all dumped out, but then I'd still say yes to everything as it came up. Maybe not everything, but maybe half the stuff, Right? And then I'd be in the same exact situation. And so what God has been teaching me how to do is to say no to all that stuff as it comes up. Don't even let it in. Don't let my heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. The kid is sick again. Why is this kid always sick? Okay, am I going to worry? There's something seriously wrong. What's going to happen? You know, no, I'm not going to do that. Now, can I not do that in my own strength? Probably not. I need to humble myself before the Lord. I need to say, I need to give this stress to you, God. Help me do that. Fill me with the peace of Christ that you've already given me so that I can live like this and not live with my heart full of junk. And God is willing to do that because God is awesome. And he wants us to live this way. This is a much better way to live. It's way more fun to be full of peace than to be stressed. That's kind of obvious, right? I have found that when we live like this, when we can live like we're full of peace, um, hearing God communicate to us is much, much easier than it was before. We feel like we, it's, it's more easy to access the presence of God when we are full of him, when we are full of his peace. I find that the spiritual gifts flow easier. And those kind of things are, supernatural things are just accessed faster and easier when we live full of the peace of God rather than all the distractions of the world. I find that um, the prophetic gifts for other people actually flow better too, like towards other people, because you're not distracted by all this stuff, and God is just more clearly able to speak to you. You're more clearly able to hear, and just stuff can just flow through you so much better than when your heart is full of all this junk. And so if we can learn to not only cast our anxieties on him and receive his peace, but to say no when that stuff comes up. I might lose my job this week. That is legit, okay? Maybe spend some time in prayer 
giving the stress of that up to the Lord and refusing to accept the stress of that. And that's probably not going to be a one-time event. Because 30 minutes later, you're going to remember. They said I might lose my job this week. Uh, now it comes back and it threatens you again, so you have to pray again. No. Another hour. Oh, yeah, I might lose my job. No. Okay? So I'm not saying this is a, I prayed once and there's a magic bullet and now I'm totally fine and I'm in la-la land. No, 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 no. This is a real-life real life situation. We fight. The Bible says resist the devil and he'll free from you. Resist doesn't mean ignore. Resist means to fight against in battle. We fight off the devil and then he backs off. That's how it works. And so every time these situations come and they bring their stress and they bring all their nasty stuff, we have to fight and say, no, I am not going to take you into my heart. I'm going to live in peace because that's what God wants for me. And this is a way better place to live. Um, let's take a minute to pray. Is that cool? I, I want to practice this. Um, if everybody can close your eyes. Before we move on, I'd like to pray. Um, I'm going to walk you through how I pray about this. And you may find the Lord leads you to do something differently, and that's great. But I'd like you to just take a deep breath in and then blow it out. Take another deep breath in. Blow it out. I'm a very physical person, and so doing these physical things helps me to function in spiritual truths better. You see that a lot in the Old Testament as well. Breathe in deeply, and I have to blow it out through my mouth. Kind of forcefully. Now, as I do this, I breathe in and I breathe out. And as I'm breathing out, I'm literally picturing my stress just, I'm sending it out of my body. I'm pushing it out of my heart. And as I do that, I pray and I say, Lord, I give you the stress of this financial situation. I give you the stress of this work situation as I breathe out and then I breathe in. And for me, just the, the rhythm of death just helps me focus. And I breathe in. And as I do that, I imagine this, this, uh, the Spirit of God just filling me with his peace. Like my lungs fill up with air, my spirit fills up with peace, and then I blow out the stress from the situation with my kids, and I let the Spirit fill my lungs with his peace, and I blow out the stress from the situation of the house that has so much stuff going wrong with it, and I breathe in his peace, and I keep doing that, and I keep doing that, and I keep doing that, and praying and I oftentimes find that the Spirit will then, during that time, remind me, all right, this is something that's really bothering you that you didn't realize was bothering you. You've been accepting stress somewhere, and you didn't even know it, so I need you to give that to me. And so you do that, and you say, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. I said yes to that fear. I, I have been afraid of what might happen in this situation. So I give that to you. I give it to you, and you breathe, and you pray, and you just give it over to the Lord. And I find that if I do that for a couple minutes, I start to experience the peace of Christ. And it can be helpful, especially when you first start to, to look up these verses on peace so that you can say them to the Lord, not that he doesn't know these verses, but to, so that you can begin to know these verses. Jesus, you said, my peace I give you. So I have your peace. I have it already. And so help me to walk in it. Help me to live in the truth of your peace. And as I give up this stress and this worry, help me to experience this peace in a tangible way in my life, because I want to do that. So you can open your eyes. Now, that might be a way that helps you to pray. The Spirit will probably lead you to something that's a little bit different. But I pray like that um, anytime I feel myself getting a little stressed out, which isn't that often anymore, but it is sometimes. Last weekend, there was a bunch of stuff going on. And because we were so busy, I was, I was letting myself pick up little bits of the stress, like take some of it, 
out of each situation. And then, and then we were like, okay, so what's going on? Oh, that's what's going on. Shoot. Okay. I need to take a minute and I need to pray. and I need to just get rid of this stuff, you know, because I was saying yes and I didn't even really know it because we were so busy and it's easy to do that. This is not a condemnation thing. Okay. We've all, we've all been there. We've all done it. Jesus certainly doesn't condemn us, but he does say, Hey, there's a way better life for you. You can live in peace. Just don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. And it's way, way better for you. Um, and now, when, when a situation comes where I'm like, this, could be, this is a stressful situation, this might eventually threaten me or tempt me to be stressed. I'll pray about it preemptively. You know, I get a phone call or a text. It's like, okay, wasn't expecting that. I'll, I'll just stop and pray for, for a minute or so right there. Be like, Lord, I'm just I'm putting up my guards. I'm putting up the shield and saying, this isn't going to stress me out. I'm not going to let it. And that is from Colossians 3, 15, I think. Let the peace of, uh, the peace of Christ will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of Christ will guard your hearts and your minds. It's like a shield. Or if you think Star Trek-wise, it's like the shield's around the ship. That's how I think of it because I'm a nerd. Okay, So I think of it like shields up. When you surrender yourself to God and you trust in the peace of Christ that's in you, it's like, it shields up, Captain. Okay? And it guards your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I've really experienced that. When you're living like this and the big stuff happens, your guard is up. Your shields are up. When you're not living like this, if you're half and half or if you're full of junk and something big happens, you get that big phone call. And whoa. That, that like, this changes my day, my week, my month possibly a lot more than that in a bad way. One of those kind of phone calls, right? We've had those kind, many of us. And if we're living like this, our shields are up. And I've experienced that. I was on the way home from work a couple of years ago, driving back from uh, Grantsburg, and it's dark. I've already almost hit a bear because it was like trying to come out of the side of the road. And I'm, but I'm living in peace, and I'm like, okay, God, this is good. I'm, I'm better than I was a couple of weeks ago. I'm living in peace. And then I get a phone call about something regarding one of my kids. And instant, instant temptation to be angry, to be worried, to be upset, okay? Instant. It's like right there looming, and it's big because this has been an ongoing issue, okay? And because my heart was full of peace and my shields were up, I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not going to get upset. I'm going to crank up the praise music and I'm going to sing and I'm going to worship Jesus and I am not going to let this stress me out. Now, had my shields not been up, had I not been crammed full of the peace of Christ, I can guarantee you that would have ruined my day, my week, probably my month. Because I would have said yes to all of that stuff. But my shields were up. Guard your hearts. Let the peace of Christ guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is a good way to live. It's, it's way, way better. I've got one more uh, prop, if you're willing. This is a beach ball. Now, beach balls are inherently fun, right? This represents you because this is how you're meant to be. You're meant to be fun. Sometimes you lose a little bit of your air. You're meant to be fun, okay? You're meant to enjoy life. Now, if this is you, I want you to think of it in terms of um, equilibrium. So the air around this beach ball is pressing in on it because that's the way air works. The air on the inside of this beach ball is pressing out with slightly greater force, which is why the beach ball is inflated. 
Okay? That's how uh, physics works. And so the force on the inside, the pressure on the inside is slightly greater than the pressure on the outside. And this is how it looks. This is how we're supposed to look. We're happy. We're full of joy. We're bouncy. We're a beach ball. Now, when the stuff of life comes, the pressure of life comes, it presses in on us from the outside. And it feels like that sometimes. Have you ever felt like things are pressing in around me? I feel pressed in. And you, you start to feel trapped, maybe suffocated. It doesn't feel good, okay? The stuff of life pushes you. Now, we can't stop that from happening. We can't stop life from putting pressure on us and squeezing us in. But we can stop it from letting it squeeze out our peace that we're filled with. But we often don't. We often let it. And that, that bill comes we weren't expecting, and it pushes on us, and we let it. Uh, I really want to be married, and I'm not, and I thought I would be by now. And all the, and that, that, that pushes on us, okay? And all this stuff with work and with money, and I don't know, and we, if we let it press out our peace, it will. And then we look like this, and this is not fun. That is... That is pointless, okay? That is a deflated, defeated, pretty much pointless object. Actually, it makes you feel sad looking at it because you know how great it could be. So it's, it's, it does look like a prune, which also makes me sad. Um, and so this is worse than, than, than neutral because you know it could be awesome and it's terrible. And, and we've all felt like this, haven't we? We've all felt squeezed out. We've all felt like uh, we are not where we need to be. And so what do we do? The same thing. We, we cast all our anxieties on him, and we let the Spirit of God fill us up. Now, in Scripture, the word for spirit is ruach in Hebrew. And ruach means breath. The word for breath and spirit is the same thing. And so Jesus will literally breathe his spirit into you. And fill you up. And that's what it means to be filled up with God. To be filled up with his peace. He will breathe into you. So, And sometimes we have to pray multiple times. And the further we let ourselves get deflated, the more we have to do it. And then eventually... Okay, clap for me. (laughs) Okay, so... We let the Spirit of God fill us up. We humble ourselves before the Lord, and we let him fill us back up. Now, we are always an open system, in my opinion. This doesn't lock, okay? This is like the free will gauge, and, and it stays open. And life doesn't stop putting pressure on us, even after we had a great prayer time and we feel awesome right now. It doesn't stop putting pressure on us. And so what do we do? How then do we live? If the world is constantly putting pressure on us, and yet things can leak out all the time, we have to constantly be coming before the Lord and living in peace, actively living in peace. I call it practicing peace. We need to practice the peace of God. We need to live in the presence of God and always be saying, Lord, I need your peace. I want to live in your peace today. Fill me up. So that Jesus, the Spirit of God, who is right here, he's not out there. You don't have to beg him to come, right? He's right here. So it's not far for him to breathe that peace into you. It's like his immediate space, okay? This is easy for him to do. Very easy. And the gift is already yours, okay? So he is always doing this, if you ask him to. And he's always blowing. So there's always more pressure in you than there is pressure pushing on you. The spirit will always be greater in you than he that is in the world. The pressure on the outside pushing in will never 
eclipse the pressure on the inside. You will never be tempted more than you can bear. You will never be able to be pushed farther than you can be pushed if you will rely on the Lord and allow him to do what he wants to do within you so that as stuff pushes in, he's pushing out even harder. So something terrible happens. You get that phone call and it pushes in. And as it's doing that, he's pushing out even harder. If you rely on him, if you trust in him, if you humble yourself before him and allow him to continue to fill you with that peace, no matter what it is that's pressing in on your life, and I really honestly mean this, no matter what it is, even that person at work who drives you nuts, you can give that up to the Lord. And you can let the peace of Christ fill you. And even when that situation pushes on you, and even when that person start, says, hey, so did you hear this thing about Trump today? And you're like, and, and it just fills you up. Okay? I intentionally brought up politics there because it's highly annoying to me. And that is one of those, I just don't want to hear about it. Okay? But you rely on God. Let the Spirit of God fill you up. And you can live like this all the time. And then... I'm not saying life's going to be perfect because those pressures don't stop. But life gets way more fun when you can properly put a gasket in. Life gets way more fun when you let the Spirit keep you full of peace. Okay? And then eventually you sit there. That was not the way the analogy was supposed to end. I don't know. Um, Anybody have any quick questions? I want to pray again, but does anyone have any questions? Yeah. Uh huh. So it almost comes in disguise, and they're so dear to us that we hang on to these things. And the Lord gave me the image of releasing him to the great physician. Because some things we don't want to just dump out or think of being thrown away, they're too dear. But if we can entrust them to the great physician, knowing that he can heal what we can't, again, it has to get out of our heart because it robs us of our peace. Yep. You made two very important points. One is bearing one another's burdens. Okay? And that is something that is in Scripture and it's something that is good. But we're not supposed to take someone else's burden and put it here. We're supposed to take someone else's burden and imagine a cross and put it there. Okay? We're supposed to take that from them and say, you know what? Let me take this problem. You don't worry about this. I am, I've got this. Okay? This is going to be fine. You relax. And we take that problem from them. But we don't then put it in here and worry about it ourselves. That hasn't accomplished anything. We take it and we toss it to Jesus for them. Because for whatever reason right now, they're just having a hard time doing that themselves. And so we, out of love, say, I can do that for you. Let me take that stress. But we put it there and not here. And that can be the challenge, especially when things are dear to us, when things are really important to us. We have this strange desire to want to hang on to some of this stress. And sometimes we allow some of that stress and some of that fear and worry to actually become a part of who we are, a part of our identity. And, and that is not good because our identity is only in Christ and only who he says we are and what he says we are and anything else we need to give to him and we need to toss in this box but some things we there is a weird fleshly satisfaction sometimes we get out of being stressed out um i mentioned this at communitas but um doctors who've moved to minnesota from other states think we're all nuts 
medical doctors because you've, you've all seen pain scales at a doctor. They have like different levels of smiley or frowny or screamy faces, like one through 10 or one through six or whatever. Right. And in Minnesota, they'll say, okay, you came in here cause you have pain. What's your pain level? And we'll say, that's like a two, like a two. Okay. Well, they, they talk to us more and they say, well, we can't, I can't sleep. I can't sleep at night because of the pain. And that's why I'm here. And the doc's like, not being able to sleep is like a seven. It says that right under here. I can't sleep. That means you're a seven. You're not a two. You're a seven. Uh, it's not that bad. I just need pills because I can't sleep. Well, then you're a seven because we have this weird, like, Viking, I can stink and take it thing. It's, it's pride, but it's cultural. It's something that's ingrained in our DNA and also in our culture. We can handle it. And people are actually seen as good in business, good in leadership, good workers if they can handle a lot of stress. Okay? Everybody's seen that, right? But that's not God's intent. God's intent is for us to be able to stand under a lot of stress because we're living like this. Because of this, we can stand. Not to stand under the stress in the sense of we can hold a whole lot. Because we have this weird pride thing like our bucket is bigger. We can hold a ton of this junk. And that makes me a better person. Actually, that makes you dumb. And I don't say that in a condemning way because here's the deal. Jesus says, don't let your heart be troubled. I give you peace. If we choose anything but that, that's dumb, right? And that's how I lived my life for a long time, dumb. Because I could have had something awesome for free. And instead, I chose something terrible that cost a lot. And stress costs you. Doctors now agree that stress is the number one cause of illness, Stress. Because when your body is stressed, your brain releases all these nasty hormones and chemicals, and they destroy your body. They destroy your organs. It's a proven fact now. They say it's the number one cause of heart disease, number one cause of stroke, tons of other things that stress is one of the number one causes of. If you look at the top 10 killers, it's one of the number one causes of six or seven of them. Stress kills you. Jesus is like, hey, guess what? I want to see you in heaven, but not yet. How about it go well with you and you live long on the earth? How about you be blessed? How about you be healthier while you are on the earth? All those things are possible through this. Not only do you feel better up here and in here, but you feel better here. And that's how peace works. And I've experienced this. You pray and you ask God for peace. And when you start to feel the peace come, it sort of spreads, from, I think, from your spirit to probably your soul and then to your physical body. And you can actually start to feel that peace just wash over your mind. And you start to feel relaxed when you're living in the peace of Christ. And I believe that when that happens, when that peace of God washes over your mind, your mind now says, oh, I'm not stressed anymore. And it stops producing those hormones and that stuff that kills you. And you're not stressed anymore. And you can be healthier. And you can live longer. This is real stuff. This is a big deal. So you have something awesome over here, something really terrible that kills you over here. Please don't be dumb. My friends whom I love. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm just trying to say, this is so awesome. Everybody should do this. Now, we have a bad habit of saying yes. We have a bad habit of taking this stuff and shoving it in our hearts. But even psychologists who aren't Christians will say it only takes about a month to break a bad habit. It only takes about a month to break a bad habit and replace it with a good one. That means that if you tried to start today, if you haven't, a lot of you are already here, and that's wonderful. But if you're not yet, or if you still struggle with it, you could start saying no today to stress. You could start not letting your hearts be troubled, and a month from now, you could be here.
I'm serious. I did this. I took the challenge. And when I first started, I found myself praying about a dozen times every day. <laughs> Literally. Because I, 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 I almost got discouraged after a couple days because I didn't realize how much I was saying yes to in my life. Little stuff, big stuff that I like blocked out, didn't realize was there. I was saying yes way more than I thought I was. I thought I was, oh, I'm doing okay, but I'll try this. And I'm like, oh, wow. I'm saying yes to a lot of worry. I'm saying yes to a lot of fear. There's a lot of dark clouds in the back of my mind that I pretend aren't there, but that are always there, that are looming, that are sucking the life out of me. And so I had to pray like a dozen times every day. I give you this. I receive your peace. And then like an hour later, oh, <laughs> okay, I give you this. I receive your peace. And I had to do it a lot at the beginning. And then, and then you get a little better and you get a little better as you, as you learn. Oh, nope, this is a situation I need to give up. You give it up. And by, by the end of a month, um, it started to become automatic to pray when stress came up and to rely on the presence of God instead of to accept the stress. And that's a way better automatic reaction to have. Amen. I'm not going to say I'm perfect. Like I said, I got stressed out last Saturday, but I was able to give it up because this has become my norm most of the time through the grace of God. And it's not that hard (laughs) and it's way awesome. I can't possibly talk to you enough about how awesome this is. All right, let's pray again, if you are willing, Um, rather than do a longer group time. I want to do a few minutes of prayer first, just yourself and Jesus. Maybe some of this has um, rung true for you in one way or another. Maybe you need to get a little better at casting all your anxiety on him more frequently or more thoroughly and receiving peace at the same time. Or maybe this idea of saying no to these things as they come along and not letting our hearts be troubled in the first place. Maybe that has struck a chord for you. And you're like, I feel like I need to do that. Um, I'd like to take a few minutes now. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to bring anything to your mind that is causing you worry or stress or anxiety or fear so that you can just give that up to him right now. So you can cast all your anxieties on him right now. And we're going to take a few minutes for this. I'm going to play a little music in the background. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would remind us right now. Bring anything to our, to our front of our memory that we need to give to you. These worries, these stresses, these anxieties and fears, we want to dump them all on you. We thank you that you are our cornerstone who bears our stress for us, that we do not have to. We thank you that we are yoked with you and our burden is easy. We thank you that we can cast all our anxieties on you because you care for us. And so, Lord, help us to do that right now. Bring to mind these anxieties so that we can just give them to you and lay them at the foot of the cross and receive the peace that you've already given us.